Welcome to Overend's Myth, a HP Lovecraft podcast where I read an HP Lovecraft story with a friend, maybe two of them, and we discuss it. But with me, as always, sometimes not, is a person who I hope is not nearly as xenophobic as HP Lovecraft. Faith! Hey! I hope not. Ooh, so, um, so we're gonna be ta- we're gonna be doing a kind of short story, um, called The Street. Um, it apparently was written in late 1919, uh, and published in, and first published in December 1920 in the, in an issue of Wolverine Amateur, uh, journal. Ooh. And if you and if you're following along with my other podcast called Alphabet Flight, you would know that Wolverine would have been alive at this time. So maybe oh Wolverine gosh. in the nineteen in nineteen twenty had an amateur journal. It was also very racist. <laughs> <laughs> it was also um height of the Spanish flu in America. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. I wonder if that's why there were so many of these magazines that became really popular. Wow, this is this is be um, this is this story is like like a hundred years old. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> I just forgot it's... that we were reading over hundred year old stories. Oh my gosh! <laughs> did you know? Time did you know? Flies. Twenty years ago was the nineties and not the eighties. No, 20 years ago was... No, it was the 2000s. Crap! <laughs> <laughs> it was the beginning of the 2000s. Like did, did you know I'm like, I'm not a child and I'm about to hit 30? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Christ. So, uh, so yeah, The Street. Um, it's a fairly short story, um, but it has some real good inspiration. Oh, um, boy. Uh, and, and weirdly enough... Parallel to this time, for some reason, I really want to avoid. Like, I I need I need stuff from the twenties to stop being parallels and rhymes to what we're experiencing right now. So too late. <laughs> already has. We already have a plague. <laughs> well, just we like the to- <laughs> just like the nineteen twenties. <laughs> yep. So. So the inspiration was apparently the Boston police strike of September to October 1919. Um, and he declared in a letter to Frank Belknap Long, who was a, a contemporary and also lived for a very long time. He was 93 when he died. Oh, shit. And he died not too long ago. He died in 1994. Oh, my God. And he was—he wasn't really a contemporary um, per se. He was almost twenty years younger than H.P. Lovecraft. He was born at uh, oh. nineteen nineteen oh one. Okay. Okay. But he was some of the people who first contributed to the uh, uh, Cthulhu mythos outside of H.P. Lovecraft. Hmm. Um. So I'm also—I'd like to say, hey. Maybe a lot of people were racist during that time, but not just H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> um, now, what? again, again, I'm not, like, I've, I've said this before, I'm not saying that it's good, but I'm also saying most authors of that time did not get famous in the 40s and 50s again. So this is apparently what H.P. Lovecraft written, wrote. The Boston police mutiny of last year's what prompted me, or what prompted that attempt, the magnitude and significance of such an act appalled me. Last fall, it was grimly impressive to see Boston's without blue coats to watch the musket-bearing states guardsmen patrol the streets as if the as though military occupation were in force. They went in pairs, determined-looking, clacky-catted, as if symbols of the strife lies ahead and civilization's stru- uh, struggle with a monster of unrest and bolt- Bolshevism. Ooh, okay, so there's a lot going on in that uh, one little. Like three, th- literally three sentences. Okay, so first off, um, yeah, it's really weird seeing like you know, I don't know, let's say something like a national guard mm-hmm. go through go through the streets. Oh yeah, uh, because of actions the police took for some 
zone. Um, because the police weren't working. Yeah. Even though uh, crime rates tend to go down when police officers are working because they Shh. tend to actually cause a lot of crime for some reason. Jesse, don't tell the government that. <laughs> I don't like... Like, it's almost as if the modern police force was um, based off of slave catchers. They're protecting property. Also, slavery still exists. We just put them in jail. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, it's, ooh, ooh. Okay. So there's still more to this inspiration. There's so uh, much already in this story. <laughs> the terrorism was so real and has been going on since 1914 in a series of parcel bombs. In 1919, two campaigns of mail bombings were uh, con- discovered. In 1920, a major terrorist bomb attack on uh, there would be a major terrorist bomb attack on Wall Street. Um, and the news of anarchy during the uh, Russian and German revolutions, along with the Peter, uh, Pe- uh, story of Peter the Painter, made uh, an eff- affected a market for the story. Apparently. So, yeah. Uh, the story's stance echoes a such earlier xenophobic poems by Lovecraft, such as New England Fallen and On a New England Village Seen by Moonlight. So, so that's, that's the inspiration of the day in 1919. Um, here's what the reception is. Uh, so, an H.P. Lovecraft encyclopedia describes this story as manifestly racist. <laughs> um, according to Daniel Harms, the author of the Encyclopedia, uh, encyclopedia Cthulia, if, uh, said, if someone came to, up to me and said, hey, Daniel, think H.P. Lovecraft was a wordy, overly sentimental bigot whose stories didn't make much sense, this would be the last story I would hand him to convince him otherwise. Oh no! Oh boy! I can't! I can't wait! This is going to be some like real old time racism. Oh, it's going to be some of that girl fashion turn of the century racism. Oh yeah! Ooh! Ooh! ooh. Oof! Can't wait! (laughs) What's the opposite of a chef kiss? Because that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. You just eat your own hand. (laughs) <laughs> it's where you auto cannibalize. <laughs> it's the only escape. You try to scream, but you're still chewing on your own leg. Oh no! <laughs> I just really love that someone who wrote an entire goddamn encyclopedia about about H.P. Lovecraft and his stuff is just like, hey, I wouldn't. You know what? He does some real good writing, but I can't. I can't. I I can't stand by this. Like, I love his writing, but this is shit. <laughs> I love this writing, but I think I think I would prove that person right. <laughs> the H.G. Lovecraft was a long-winded bigot. <laughs> <laughs> a, long, a wordy, overly sentimental bigot whose story don't make much sense. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm just saying, honestly- I'm just saying he's, he's already dead, Daniel. <laughs> Calm down. You don't need to murder him. <laughs> God, <laughs> he already died of like some terrible illness. Stop. What is, what is it with like every good story we read being surrounded by absolute shit? It's true. Like, like it's because that last story was so good. So the story right before it and the story right after, of course, have to be terrible. <sighs> well, the story before the one before it was also really bad. Yeah, don't. I never want to think about old bugs again. That was can such you a imagine? Slog. Can you bet? Can you imagine someone being a wordy and overly sentimental bigot who's also a teetotaler and straight edge? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <sighs> I'm glad this isn't a HP Lovecraft Stan podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. We don't. We don't stan HP Lovecraft. We appreciate his work. We but... appreciate his work and his uh, turn to. Not being this later in his life, but also yes. he had to almost die in order for that to happen. So yeah, also maybe fuck him. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, so to get so to uh, get into it, the street. 
There be those who say that things and places have souls, and there be who say they have not. I dare not say myself, but I will tell of the street. Men of strength and honor fashion the street. Good, valiant men of our blood who come from... Fucking Christ, we are not even two sentences in. <laughs> it's already racist. <laughs> I'm just saying he's already pulling like, like blood, blood and soil shit. Oh no! Christ, men of strength and honor fashion that street. Good, val- I can't read this sentence without feeling like I'm a Nazi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is not good faith. Okay, I'm gonna try. Okay, Jesse, everyone, everyone know that I'm a, I'm a. Jesse is not a Nazi. I'm not a Nazi. First off, I'm a, I'm a bi MB Latinx person who happens to like, you know, grab onto stuff about otherness, like it's, it, it like, and like how, and how people are scared of the otherness and everything, and. And, like, H.P. Lovecraft is, like, real good with it. That's why so many queer people, like, net gravitate towards, like, the feel of an H.P. Lovecraft story. And Christ, this makes me want to not like him. Uh. This is very... I, I'm not even... I get halfway through this. I get halfway through. And I feel... I just said... Okay. Jesse's not a Nazi. There's more... There's more to this, Faith. There's more to it. Okay. Okay. Read this like you're a professional, Jesse. Uh, this is some of the stuff that, like, literally Voices, uh, like, Voice, I can never say it. Voices, um, philosophy would say. And, you know, the stuff that, you know, the stuff that, like, German liberals, like, fed into until they became Nazis? Around this time, around the Weimar Republic, this is the Weimar Republic, by the way. Oh God! You know the oh, thing. Fuck. You know, you know the the you know the the Second Reich that turned into the Third Reich. You know that one. This would have been the start of Nazi sympathizers in the U.S. Probably. This is this is be around the time Otto Ben uh, Otto Otto Bismarck would have been starting to be overthrown. Actually, oh yeah, it was right after World War One. War One because of the reparations made the lavish lifestyle that they used to live like not possible. Fun fact: My great grandparents left Prussia because of the Weimar Republic. Well, they probably hated those damn liberals. <laughs> they did, because they were really shitty towards poor people. And guess what my great-grandparents were? They were, like, dirt poor. It's probably because they didn't have enough angel in them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I haven't done this. I haven't... <laughs> Sorry. I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm gonna take, like, just a brief <sighs> side thing. So one of the one of the border sciences, quote unquote, uh, that was taught was by I used to know his name off the top of my head, but around this time there would have been a person who believed in uh, theozoology, and his whole thing was, hey, people are like angels if they like fucked animals and like that humans are what comes out. And the more angel you have is the more white and pure you are, and the less angel you have in you means you're a beast and you don't deserve rights. Your glands. God. Lands von Liefenfels. Guys, talking talking about actual Nazis make me feel better than, like, reading this. I'm not joking. Like, I can see this coming out of a Nazi's mouth. Oh, yeah. Okay. Men of strength and honor fashion that street. Good, valiant men of our blood who come from that blessed isle across the sea. The blessed isle? Have you been to England? It's miserable. <laughs> it's just the, the good, valiant men of our blood. Like, that, that, okay. At for, at, by the way, also, we're doing this during the big unrest that I'm hoping still lasts for months on end because it's actually making a change. Yes. Um, but it's happening right now, and I'm real sensitive about racism right now for, I don't know, some odd, some odd reason. For some reason. <laughs> what could it be? I just, I just really don't have, I don't, I can't do it with white nationalists right now. Which H.P. Lovecraft is being one right now. Yeah. Uh, at first, 
It was a path trodden by bearers of water from the woodland spring to cluster of houses uh, by the beach. Then more men came to the glowing cluster of houses and then looked for places to dwell. They built cabins along the north side, cabins of stout oaken logs with masonry on the side towards the forest, for many Indians lurked there with fire arrows. In a few more years, men built cabins on the south side of the street. Up and down the street uh, walked grave men in conical hats, who most of the time carried muskets or fowling pieces, and there also were their bonneted wives and sober children. In the evening, these men with their wives and children would sit about gigantic hearts and speak and and read. Very simple were the things which they would read and spoke, yet things which gave them courage and goodness and helped them from day to day to subdue the forest and till the fields. And the children's the, the children would listen and learn the laws and deeds of old and that of dear England, which they never seen nor could remember. There was a war, and, and thereafter no more Indians troubled the street, and the men busied with labor waxed prosperously and as happy as they knew how to be. And the children grew up comfortably, and more families came uh, from the mother land to dwell on the street. And the children's children and newcomers' children grew up. The town, now a city, and one by one the cabins gave place to houses, simple, beautiful houses, of brick and wood with stone steps and iron railings and fan lights over the door. No flimsy creations were those houses, for they were made uh, to serve many a generation. Within were carven mantles and graceful stairs, sensible and pleasing furniture, china, silver, brought from the motherland. So the street drank the, uh, in the dreams of young people and rejoiced, as its dwellers became more graceful and happy, where once had been only strength and honor, taste and learning now abodes as well. Books and paintings and musics came to the house, and the young men went to university, which rose above the plains, uh, plain to the north, and in the place of the conical hats and muskets were the three-cornered hats and small swords and lace and snowy periwigs, and there were cobblestones over which clattered many a blooded horse and rumbled many a gilded coach, and brick sidewalks with horse blocks and hitching posts. There were in that street many a tree, elms and oaks and maples of dignity, so that the summer, so that in the summer the scene was all was all soft vendor and twittering with bird songs, and also behind the houses were walled gardens with hedged paths and sundials, which which at evening the moon and stars would shine bewitchingly through fragrant blossoms glisten with dew. So the streets uh, uh, dreamed on, past wars, calamities, and changes. Once most of the young men went away, and some never came back, that was when they f- f- furled the old flag and put up an, uh, a new banner of uh, banners of stripes and stars. But though many men talked of great change, the street felt them not, for its folk were still the same, speaking the old familiar things of the old in the old familiar accents, and the trees still sheltered songbirds. And in, at the evening, the moon and stars looked down upon the dewy blossoms of the wall, uh, walled froze gardens. In a time there were no more swords, three-corner hats or periwigs in the street. How strange seemed the denizen uh, with their walking sticks, tall beavers and chopped heads. New sounds came from the distance, first strange puffings and shrieks from the river a mile away, and then, many years later, strange puffings and shrieks and rumblings from the other direction. The air was not quite as pure as before, but the spirit of the place had not changed. The blood and soul of the people was as the blood and soul as their ancestors who fashioned the streets. 
nor did the spirit change when they tore open the earth to lay down strange pipes or when they set up tall posts bearing weird wires. There was so much ancient lore on that street that the past could not easily be forgotten. I'm glad I learned how to just read without actually thinking because Christ, I was listening. You know, it's funny, like when I'm listening to this. So I've been to Boston. First of all, the heart of Boston makes no fucking sense. Like, it's just a mess. All those streets. And you want to know why? Because Boston was planned by cows. (sighs) The streets are the same path that cows take. So every time they talk about their ancestors... I'm imagining cows. When I when I'm reading this, I'm getting a lot of what more poetic types. I'm not talking about like a Ben Shapiro or something like that. I'm talking about actual good uh, people. So by good, I mean bad uh, people. <laughs> Still bad. <laughs> who, uh, bad people. But I'm talking about like an eloquent person who might just like kind of sidle up against i don't know an angry young white man to say hey within in your blood is greatness you you turn this land into what it is now you you're the reason why there is civilization here um and you can i'm um, you can like if you say it in the right way, and I'm gonna be honest, like, there is some, like, pretty poetic writing here that sounds pretty good. Um, but whenever you take in the context that of the, take in a context, like, well, literally the second, second sentence, it's men of strength and honor fashioned the street, good and valiant men of our blood who came from the blessed isle over the sea. Um, it's, it's this, it's this veneration of the West, almost. Yeah. Um. It's we have these, these, these. Well, first off, Blessed Isle is because H.P. Lovecraft was a goddamn like Anglophile. Oh yeah. Um, he wanted to be British so badly. <laughs> um. And which is probably why he stuck with the classism for so long, because the British are still pretty good at the classism. Oh yeah, they love I their mean, classism. Yeah, see, we're good at the classism, but we tend to we tend to put a lot of race with it as well. So yeah. Ours is not as I don't know, eloquent. Um but it's you can but like whenever you hear a more there are subtle cues that is basically being like, hey, these white people from over here. Um, you notice, like, one of the first things that they said is like, oh, we built the bricks so these, you know, savages basically can't get us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of celebrating, like, the beating back of the, of the wildness and what America, like, was before, well, f- before the white man. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of celebrating that and, I'm wondering if it's going to get a little bit more into this, but I, this feels a lot like, this feels a lot like, like a real eloquent, like white supremacist. Yeah, I definitely have a lot of a, uh, a sort of or manifest destiny vibes from this. Yeah, and I think as, a, as, a, as Americans, because both of us are, I mean, as, as little as I don't want to be American, um, <laughs> Um, I mean, it's still, it's still somewhat like the country. It's just sh- shitty. As people. unfortunate as it was that we've grown up in the times that we have, but, but I feel like we are built. I feel like we have a at least me. I mean, I know I like. There's this. We are sold this um, very sanitized uh, history. Oh yeah. And manifest destiny is something that they almost try to instill into us desperately, uh, like as a child, like as a child. Yeah. Even though. We've already conquered stuff. We've almost yeah. conquered the globe. Like we have, like we, like if we're not doing actual colonialism, we're doing cultural colonialism. Like we are everywhere. America's presence is felt everywhere. Yeah. Either through military or through Hollywood or our songs or. Like that was a big thing for me growing up because I live in Montana, so in the West, and that's like a big thing is pushing manifest destiny um 
Thankfully, though, a lot of Montana schools, though, have changed their curriculum. And they teach a lot more about how, hey, guess what? We destroyed, like, a, the Native American people's entire way of life to get here. Just so you know. <laughs> so, uh, so like, I, I don't want to sound like some crazy leftist that'd be like, oh, there's some, like, some pretty words there. You know, just talking about being proud of his family. And, yeah. Uh, like, in the, the area they live in. Um, it just feels like a very it it just strikes me as some of the opening gambits you would put uh, like a eloquent white supremacist might yeah. say like oh to- yes us white people brought civilization to this uh, uncivilized world but the thing you're not being told is that they pushed another they pushed the civilization that was there out if you don't know your history uh, the only reason why america was taken so easily is because there was a gigantic plague that took out a majority of the native americans which was the result of spaniards being there years earlier and spreading it around yeah so like there used to be there used to be like so many more native americans and they were beaten and enslaved by the, the by the spaniards yep the the we we were just smallpox blanket part two yeah pretty much it already had happened and like like and like if if that plague didn't happen i don't think there would be a like an america no because native americans had massive massive cities the northeast and northwest that definitely would not have easily have been taken down unless i mean and unless they were already destroyed by plague like they were like there's all this sounds like fine on the surface but that's because we're often taught in America a very sanitized version of um, America was made. Yeah, and and like this whole thing was like it's this whole the whole description that we did of the street, which by the way is capital T the street, the street. Like it's capital T T S the entire time. Um. Uh, like it's built. It's this that entire thing that I read is built on men of good blood. Ooh, good and valiant blood. That's that's, and like if you take that away, it can become something poetic. But it's built on men of good and valiant blood mm-hmm. from that blessed isle across the. Yeah, and, like, you're already getting into blood and soil stuff right there. A, a lot of eco-fascism, uh, which people apparently are very into, often relies on stuff like oh, this God, as well. Oh, Eco-fascism. Eco-fascism. Eco- like, you can, you can earn a hippie into an eco-fascist real quick. Oh, it's so easy. It's, like, like, it's real, like, there were tons of actual eco-fascists in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. Who cared more about the environment um, and everything, and they talk a good game about environments, but it's often on off the back of stuff like blood and soil. Yep. And making sure you beat back the things that befoul the land. Sorry, that was a long tangent, but I like uh, talking about this white supremacism and why it's bad and how it's insidious. Then came the days of evil, when many who ha- uh, who had known the street of old knew it no more and many knew it who had not known it before and those who came were never as those who went away their ancestors were coarse and strident with their mind and faces unpleasant their thoughts too forgot otherwise just the uh, just spirit of the street so that the street pined softly for the houses that fell in decay and its trees died one by one, and its rose gardens grew rank with weeds and waste. Felt a stir of pride one day again. Marched forth young men, some who never came back. These young men were clad in blue. Now he's, uh, literally talking about the police breeding back, I don't know, the coarse people who mm. made, made the street worse and dirty. Mm. I wonder who that could be. I think they mentioned nothing about them coming over from, I don't know, those Blessed Isles. I wonder where they could come from. And I wonder why it's so great that these young men, clad in blue, are making the street better. 
That's weird. With the uh, year's worst first fortune came to the street, its trees all gone, and now the rose gardens were displaced by backs, uh, backs of cheap, ugly new buildings on parallel streets. Yet the house, houses remained, despite the ravages of the years and the storms and worms, for they had been made to serve many a generation. New kinds of faces appear in the streets, swarthy, sinister faces. I have to reread that, sorry. I, I just hit a brick wall of just like, hey, why don't you just say it louder? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Christ. Okay. At least he kind of hit it in the paragraph before. Okay. Mm-hmm. New kinds of faces appeared in the streets, swarthy, sinister faces with furtive eyes and odd features, whose owners spoke unfamiliar words and placed signs in known and unknown characters upon the musty houses. Pushcarts crowded uh, the gutters, a sworded, undefined stench settled over the place, and the ancient uh, spirits slept. Great excitements once came to the streets, war and revolution were raging across the seas, a dynasty had collapsed, and its degenerate subjects were flocking with dubious intent to the western land. Sorry, I need to compose myself a little bit. <laughs> it's so much. There's so much already. <sighs> this isn't a long story. I, I don't, just have to turn the page one more time. <sighs> do it. We can do it, Jesse. We can get through this together. Many of those took lodgings in the battered houses that once knew the songs of birds and scents of roses. Then the western lands itself awoke and joined the motherland on her titanic struggle for civilization. Over the cities, more flooded the old flag, conjoined by the new flag, and by a plainer yet glorious uh, tricolor. But not many flags floated over the street. There... For therein brooded only the fear and hatred and ignorance. Again, young men stepped forth, but not quite that did, but not quite as a young man, uh, young men of those other days. Something was lacking, and the sons of those young men of other days, who did indeed go forth in all of drab with the true spirit of their ancestors, went distant places and knew not the street and its ancient spirit. Over over the seas was a great victory, and in triumph, most of the young men returned. Those who had lacked something lacked it no longer. Yet did the fear and hatred and ignorance still brood over the street. For many had uh, stayed behind, and many strangers had come from distant places to the ancient houses. And the young men who had returned dwelt there no longer, swarthy and sinister, most of the strangers. Yet among them, one might find a few faces, like one might find a few faces, like those who fashioned the street and molded its spirit. Yet an unlike, for there was in the eyes of an, a weird, unhealthy glitter of greed and ambition and vindictiveness, or Unguided zeal, unrest and treason abroad amongst these evil, evil few, evil few who plotted and stro- to strike the western land. Sorry, I have to. There's <laughs> so much. <laughs> it's so bad. Unrest and treason were abroad amongst the an evil few who plotted to strike the western land its death blow, and that. They might mount to power over its ruins. Even assassins had mounted in the unhappy frozen land which most of them had come. In the heart of the plotting was in the street, whose crumbling houses teemed with alien markers and discord and echoed with plans and speeches of those who yearn the appointed day of blood, flame, and crime. Okay. <sighs> hey, why don't you just yell your handy Semitic racism a little bit louder for the people in the back, please? Just ooh. I'm just saying, sir. Some of those sentences, I'm pretty sure, was said unironically by people probably in the last couple of days. Oh, definitely. Uh, the whole um. Uh. 
the evil few who plotted to strike the western land to its death blows. Have you heard? I, I heard if you defund the police, the uh, Antifa is going to kill everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like, this is. This is hurting. This is hurting me. This is. This is a lot. This is a lot. This is a lot. That w- How many. Was that one paragraph? How many paragraphs was that? Mm, that it was one big it, paragraph. Oh, uh, that was all one paragraph. <laughs> that was one, like, one real. Mm, uh, just, just, just real concentrated. Various odd assemblages, and the law said much, but could prove little. With great diligence, did men of hidden badges linger and listen about places such as Petrovich. Uh, bakery and the squad lid uh, Rifkin School of Modern Economics, the Circle Social Club, and the Liberty Cafe. They congregated sinister men in great numbers, yet always was their speech guarded or in foreign tongues. And still the old houses stood with their forgotten lore of nobler, departed uh, centuries of sturdy colonial tenants, the dewy rose gardens and the moonlight. Sometimes a lone poet uh, or traveler would come to view them and try to picture them in their vanished glory. Yet such travelers and poets were not many. The rumors now spread widely that those houses contained a leader of a vast band of terrorists called Antifa. Apparently they really, apparently they, uh, they hate Nazis, so that makes them fascist. Yeah, <laughs> so much for the tolerant left. <laughs> I'm reading ahead, and I'm just saying, like, this is just, I see boomers write less eloquent sentences saying the same thing. Yep. I'm pretty sure I'm a second cousin who is pretty much a white nationalist, and I'm pretty sure I've seen him post about these exact things in a less eloquent way on Facebook. Right, okay. You know what's funny? Somebody tried to make a fake account of him, and it's like, bitch, I don't even want to be friends with his real account. The rumors now spread widely that those houses contained the leaders of a vast band of terrorists who on a designated day were to launch an orgy of slaughter for the extermination of America and all of its old traditions which the street had loved. I'm not joking. I've seen something less eloquent written by that like while I was on the bus reading Twitter. <laughs> Like, they're just like, oh, these Antifa, sorry, I'm about to say some words. Uh, well, they, all these, uh, all these fucking, uh, Antifa faggots are gonna try to burn down our cities and, and make us pussies. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's, that's it. Like, <sighs> it's just said in the 1910s kind of way in this, at this point. Yeah. Handbills and papers fluttered uh, about the filthy gutters. Handbills and papers printed in many tongues and in many characters, yet bearing messages of crime and rebellion. In these writings, the people were urging to tear down the laws and virtues that our fathers exalted, to stamp out the souls of the old America, the soul that was bequeathed through thousands and a half years of Anglo-Saxon freedom, justice, and moderation. Christ. Oh, no. How does he keep on yelling it louder? <laughs> yeah. See, this is... Um, How many okay. fucking speakers do you need? Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read that again straight through, and then I have a rant. <laughs> <laughs> The soul that was bequeathed through a thousand and a half years of Anglo-Saxon freedom, justice, and moderation. Okay, so, uh-huh. as I said before, in the, you know, in the, I'd say first 200 words, you're just like, oh, what are you talking about? They're just talking, being proud of, you know, being from a place and being similar and, and beating back the wilderness and the savages. Um, as you notice, it's gotten louder and louder and more overt with its racism. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got... This is... He, he gets a little less eloquent every sentence. Like, this is... 
this is like i'm not joking textbook like leading someone into like a white nationalist mindset you fill them up with good feelings about themselves then you tear them down saying they are the reason you're not as great as you could be (laughs) they are stamping out your culture they are trying to change you they are trying to do white genocide by fucking colored people it's real bad. It's really bad. Like, like it's it's like it went from being super eloquent, like trying to lead you in and make you feel great, and to just like basically just like yelling, just like I hate these people. They're awful. Why aren't they like me? I have freedom and justice and moderation in my history. They don't. They have nothing but evil. They want to stamp out my culture. Almost like uh, you know, I don't know. As some people would say. You will not replace us, except except they said Jews. Yeah, yeah. I'm also we're, getting we're, a lot of. Um, there was a big thing in the Catholic Church, the Spaniards were um, just racing their way through South America, Central and South America. They had this huge campaign about how the wilderness is the devil, the wilderness is Satan. Anything untamed is evil. Like, I'm getting a lot of those vibes from this as well. Now, now, remember the sense I said before. The Anglo-Saxon freedom, truth, and justice. I wonder why why the soul of old America is being stamped out. Well, it was said that the swath men who dealt in the street, who dwelt in the street, and congregated in its rotting edifices, were those of the brains of hideous revolution and that their word of command and their words would command many brainless besotted beasts who stench forth from their noisome uh, talons from the slums from a thousand cities burning and slaying and destroying till all the land of our fathers would be no more all this was said and repeated and many looked forward in dread to that day uh, sorry, in dread to that 4th of July, which the strange writings hinted much, yet could nothing be found in the place of guilt. None could tell just whose arrest might cut off the damnable plotting of its source. Many times the bands of blue-coated police searched the shaky houses, though at last they ceased to come. For they, too, had grown tired of law and order, and abandoned all the city to its fate. These men drabbed oil sorry, these men oil drabbed came bearing muskets till it seemed as if in its sad sleep the street must have uh, must have had haunted dreams of those other days when the musket bearing men in the conical hats walked through uh, walked among it from the woodlands, springs, and clustered of houses by the bench. Yet, no act performed to check the impending cataclysm for the swart. Sinister men were old and cunning. Now, you want to hear a dog whistle? A thing, a thing that you can still hear, and this is a great way to kind of point certain things out. If you're hearing people kind of talking about, like, oh, I just want the America that I grew up with, or when America was great. And I'm not, I'm I'm speaking, I'm not just speaking of, like, you know, Trump years, I'm talking about whenever. A lot of times what they do is they say that they're, uh, like, especially white supremacists, but, um, or crypto fascists, they say that, I don't know, the SJWs are, are weak and pathetic. But also, if we don't stop them, they will take us over. Your enemy is both strong and weak. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not smart. They're cunning. Cunning, like, using using the word cunning can be a very major dog whistle when used in a certain way. Um, because what it does is it doesn't describe intelligence what i describe is this innate craftiness 
and when I'm saying crafty, I'm putting in italics. Mm-hmm. italics. Um, it's this, it's something innate. It's something that you're born with. It's like this instinctual craftiness. It's you're clever. You're not smart. You're clever or crafty. Um, and this is mm-hmm. just. So the streets slept uneasily on till one night they're gathered in Petrovich's uh, bakery in the Rifkin's School of Modern Economics in the Circle, a social club in the Literary Cafe and in other places as well. Vast hordes of men whose eyes were big with horrible triumph and expectations. Over hidden wires, strange messages travel. And much was said, still of stranger messages yet to travel. But most of this was not guessed until afterwards, when Western land was safe from peril. The men in oil, uh, the men in olive drav could not tell what was happening, or what they ought to do, for the swath sinister men were skilled in subtlety and concealment. And yet men in olive drav will always remember that night, and will speak of the street, as if they tell of it, uh, as they tell it to their grandchildren. For many of them were sent towards the morning on uh, a mission unlike that they have ever expected. It was known in this nest of anarchy of uh, was old, and that the houses were uh, tottered from the ravages of years and the storms and worms. Yet was the happening of the summer night. Uh, uh, a surprise because it's very queer uniformity. It was indeed exceedingly singular happening, though after all a simple one. For without warning, one of the small out uh, in one of the small hours beyond midnight, all the ravages of the years and the storms and the worms came to a tremendous climax. And after the crash, there was nothing left standing in the street save two ancient chimneys and a part of a stout brick wall. Nor did anything that had been alive come alive from that ruins. A poet, a traveler who came uh, with a mighty crowd that sought the the scene to tell odd stories, the poet said that all through the hours before dawn beheld a sword ruins, but indistinct in the glare of the arc lights that loomed above the wreckage. Another picture, therein, I'm sorry, wherein he could dis- describe moonlight in the fair houses and elms and elks, I mean, elms and oaks and maples of dignity. And the traveler declared that instead of the place wanted stench that lingered, a delicate fake fragrance of roses in full bloom. But there, were not dreams of poets, and are not the dreams and poets, the dreams of poets and tales of travelers truly false? There be those who say things and places have souls, and there be those who say that they not. I dare not say myself, but I told you of the street. <sighs> Fucking hell. I think that it, like, honestly encapsulates a, uh, like, a unfortunately very common mindset that has been around. I want to, like, I think one thing that people need to realize, um, if if you're not, like, super studied up on your history, is that the type of speaking that is done there, where it was basically just yelled over loudspeakers into an intercom to a stadium of people, um, it's this xenophobia and fear of the other that was like present basically um in the story and to a lot of white supremacists um in a, in America some of them are marching the streets right now demanding that they don't get killed um there's these ebbs and flows where you're just like this was us we were good they are bad we were good they are the reason we're bad there's this like weird love of the police being like, hey, they don't want law and order anymore. Why should they help? 
Like it's it's just bad. It's just bad all around. And also, it's it's not being real subtle with the whole oh the Petrovich's bakery. I wonder what that stands for in the literary. In the social clubs? Oh, I don't know. That, I, that There might be weird people on that. God, it's just... It's just, like... We still have the boogeyman. The, like, the, this boogeyman in this story is still actively hounded upon. Like... Yep. I like how he describes foreign languages as well. <laughs> Like he talks about any language that isn't, um, that is not, uh, English, as if it's like some kind of <sighs> like ancient well, Sumerian curse. Oh no, sorry, I got off on a tangent. Um, no, but uh, the whole thing about like in World War Two, and like it'd be like, oh, we fought the Nazis and we won, and blah 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 blah, which is good. I think we were actually justified at that war. I think that was like probably one of the last justified wars. Um. Um, we followed uh, up with yeah. a very unjustified war and yeah. made an eleven-year story about it when it only lasted a couple of years. Um, talk about the Korea War, by the way. Very large fascist movement almost the entire way. In fact, uh, Hitler got a lot of the ideas of the eugenics from America. Oh yeah, gas chambers came from America. Um, because there were gas chambers in California they used to execute um prisoners. Which, by the way, we we still have slavery. We just put we just put the people we don't want in prison, and then we make them work for dollars on the hour. There was a huge Nazi sympathizer movement in America; like it was gigantic. Um, there's a story about uh, when Marvel first released Captain America. It was extremely unpopular because the first issue has Captain America punching Hitler on it. And Nazi sympathizers in the U.S. were very mad about it. And they started a riot in front of Marvel Studios, which was like a fucking like office in an office building at the time. It was like one room. And thank God the mayor of New York loved Captain America. He thought I was the raddest shit ever and called the entire police force out on it. So, so, I mean, that like, well, to talk about Marvel... A little bit. Say what you want about how, like, how fucking skeezy, like, Stan Lee was when it came to, like, business practices. He was a fucking OG when it came to, like, you know, representing people and saying, like, fuck racism, fuck bigots, fuck all that shit. He was very- Fuck anti-Semitism. He's very open about it. Like, so was a majority. Yes. I mean- him and Jack yeah. Kirby. Jack Kirby almost got into a fist fight with neo Nazis. Like, once. like they were when he was like eight. <laughs> like they were very upfront about all this yes. shit. Like, like Stanley. Like, um, which, which I know this is somewhat propaganda for like a. I mean, for a company that still does kind of fucks over people. But like Marvel yeah. for the last couple of years since Stan Lee died, they were putting like little marvel bullpen quotes and stuff little articles that stan lee wrote um mm -hmm. and it's about like all of this like uh like all about like hey like fuck stop being a fucking bigot you go goddamn assholes yeah you stop being a fucking nazi and, it ain't hard and, like, step one <laughs> Don't be a Nazi. And in, and step two, repeat step one. And if you want some like real good reading about like about Stanley just chewing out like a fucking racist asshole, read like read some of the beginning, um, like read some of the beginning Fantastic Four letter pages. Um, people yes. were calling them out about like including Wyatt Wingfoot, who was a Native American character. Again, like not the most well portrayed, but like they yeah. they, they tried. I Weirdly enough, Stan Lee, who was, uh, you know, writing in the 60s, did better than fucking Chris Claremont and Lynn Ween when it came to representation of Native Americans. That came, like, 20 goddamn years later. <laughs> right? But, uh, but like, they were talking about, like, hey, well, we don't like this, and be like, hey, that's, first off, that's fucking not <laughs> America. First off, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> like, <what? laughs> yeah, and it's just, uh, you know, it's just... 
and also like they, they they stood by they stood by like all their like they introduced one of the first black characters like in comics and and instead of making them just just oh i'm a like you know drug dealing gangbanger they made him a fucking goddamn african king who's one of the smartest goddamn people in the world and one of the most noble people in the world and they didn't overdo him like there was a lot of love and care put in. They also did, and also they they had the goddamn gall to make the American, like Captain America, like best friend be the Falcon. Like, like it's so like this racism shit. Like it's been around for a very long time. Sorry, we got a for a long. It's, it's been time. well, like, like white supremacy white supremacy's been around for a very, very long time. It's still very strong. You can still find it very easily in like little in little pockets and whatnot, and I feel like people need to like you know notice shit like this because like because like as I said before, like the first like couple of pages of that story were really nice. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to it. Yeah, but once you start looking at the subtext and once um like that pretense of trying to be poetic starts to slip like you can definitely see um the white nationalism underneath it's like when uh when all the mainstream media was platforming um uh, richard spencer because he was he was he was able to speak fuck richard he was for, for a while he was able to speak almost poetically and eloquent about his white supremacist views without you know yelling the n-word randomly um <laughs> yep. and and like it took a little bit but people finally looked through it but like that's how they get a lot of especially like young angry white men they make them important and then they tell them down and point them in the direction of the people who tore them down who actually tore them down quote unquote now he's and a was, disgraced so yeah. uh, wife-beating neo-Nazi who cannot go anywhere in his home state without being kicked out. Yeah, he goes. He's he's from Whitefish, Montana, which is up north. There's a lot of white supremacists. Up oh there. wait, Montana but has a lot can... of white supremacists. Wow. Wow. I know, right? It's crazy. You know who who else does? Oregon. <laughs> who would have thought that an entire state that was built off of whites only would have a white supremacist problem? <laughs> who would have thought? But um, he he is from uh Whitefish, Montana. He cannot go anywhere in Montana without getting kicked out. He was in my hometown. Uh, like there's like a hippie food store here. He got kicked out like immediately. Like somebody recognized him right off the bat. It was like, you're Richard Spencer, right? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, get the fuck out. <laughs> God. And like he cannot go anywhere here. I think he lives on the East Coast because he can kind of blend in at this point. I don't know if he still has his Hitler youth haircut or not. I don't know. But but yeah, it's He got punched in DC and he kind of lost all of his uh I don't know how to end this. Uh fuck fuck racist. Uh moral of the story, punch Nazis. Yeah, yeah, just don't well technically Nazis didn't exist then, but there were a lot of fascists who were white supremacists. <laughs> 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 they were talking about how if uh an angel didn't fuck this uh this beast enough, so you're uh, not white enough. You're you're actually very swarthy and filled with hate because you don't have enough angel in you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so. <laughs> so um, this is the stupidest fucking thing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot that that was point. Man, I I can't wait to do my uh my Nazi my my Nazi occult um <laughs> beliefs at series oh, on yes. on. On so, creepy critters, like, like most occult beliefs are just kind of dumb, but Nazi occult beliefs are really dumb. <laughs> hmm. And let me tell you about Ultimate Thule. <sighs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So fuck, fuck white supremacists, and you know maybe maybe the soul of America was taken away when you beat back its everything and made it sanitized in yours. Bye. You were lost and got <laughs> Bye. Like came upon the shore. Found you a conquering America. You spoke of peace, waged a war. While you were conquering America.